they're not content anymore with three ounces or they're not content anywhere with four ounces because during that time frame when they're hitting those growth spurts their body's growing their tummy's growing so they might want more quality. hey ladies you're listening to the mom talks with krista podcast where i interview some of the most amazing women from those sharing knowledge related to labor breastfeeding and postpartum issues to everyday moms sharing stories of struggle triumph and the unexpected these women are sure to give you honest conversations to help accomplish one key issue, getting rid of mom shaming. So if you want a judgment-free, open conversation, buckle your seatbelt and enjoy the ride. This is Mom Talks with Krista. Hey guys, thanks for tuning into this bonus episode of Mom Talks with Krista. We are here with Kristen Saranda, lactation consultant from Florida. And each month we've been kind of moving along to different key topics, postpartum, breastfeeding, and so much more. So this week we're talking about postpartum weeks four through six and answering some key questions uh, a lot of moms have during this time. So thanks for coming back, Kristen. Hi, thanks for having me. So for anyone that hasn't been watching um, or is unfamiliar with this new segment we're doing, can you just give a little brief introduction to who you are? My name is Kristen Sarando, and I'm a lactation consultant out of Orlando, Florida. I do hospital work as well as private practice. So if you guys ever have any questions, you're more than welcome to look me up at www.orlandolactation.com. I think last time we talked about tongue and lip ties, the time before that we talked about, you know, the first few weeks after, after a baby's born and breastfeeding challenges then. So what can moms expect during the four to six week mark? So actually this is a great time within your postpartum period because all those horrible things are starting to resolve and you guys are getting a nice routine and it's kind of like, Huh. Okay. This is a little bit better. So as far as moms go, you're definitely, you're starting to feel better. You are starting to get your energy back. Um, you've gotten into a nice routine. Uh, usually you're going to be seeing your doctor for your six week postpartum checkup during this time. And usually at that particular appointment, they'll be doing a vaginal exam to make sure that your cervix is completely closed. Any issues that you might've had after delivery, that all those things are healing, resolving, and then giving you kind of the clear to go back to uh, normal activity as far as exercise, intimacy, back to work, all those types of things. Uh, with baby, this is a great time period actually because all of those newborn things have kind of resolved. You guys are nice in a good routine, whether it be with bottle feeding or breastfeeding. Some of those breastfeeding issues have kind of resolved. Babies are typically sleeping a little bit better through the night and you know they're more alert. They're starting to be a little bit more interactive. Um, so it's kind of like what you would think, like if you never had a baby before, when you go see a mom and baby, what you would think of, you know, the baby's alert, they're kind of paying attention. They're, you know, starting to make some eye contact, being a little bit more interactive with you. So it's kind of a, a nice transition phase. What kind of encouragement would you offer for moms that are about to hit this stage? Because, you know, those first few weeks, you're kind of figuring out a lot. So, you know, I'm sure there's rough times. They're trying to figure out this new, you know, new thing. They're kind of going the new journey. So what kind of encouragement can you offer moms at this stage? Well, actually this, during this stage, there's very little encouragement needed because you're feeling so much better. So if you can make it to this point, you are definitely, you're kind of, you're over that hump. Everything in general is is just getting so much better. Um, there's not really a lot of issues anymore. All of those things have started 
started to evolve. So this is kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel. So it's definitely once we're kind of getting to this phase, there's not really, you know, necessarily reassurance or encouragement that's needed because it's kind of like, oh, okay, things are getting so much better. Babies do typically hit a growth spurt around this time. So if there is any encouragement needed, that's probably it that, you know, you can have phases where babies will go back to wanting to eat very frequently, uh, maybe every hour, every two hours, as they're kind of hitting some of those milestones, they're more alert, they're more active, they're starting to burn more calories. So they tend to, you know, maybe have those growth spurts here and there to where they're, you know, wanting to eat more frequently. So sometimes moms can can start to question, okay, well, how are are they not getting enough to eat at this point? Is there something wrong? And no, it's very normal. So typically growth spurts will last about a day or two, maybe at the most. So if you just have a day where the baby's just really fussy and wanting to eat very frequently, just kind of go with the flow and see how the next couple of days are. Usually, like I said, those growth spurts will be a short time frame, usually about uh, 24 to 48 hours, and then they'll usually resolve and then they'll kind of go back to how they were. So as long as that happens, that's all that it was, was just a growth spurt. But no, this is going to be a great time frame for moms, uh, dads, babies, um, because this is starting to get to be like the enjoyment stage. Awesome. That's cool. That's very encouraging. I'm sure for moms listening that are kind of like just in the thick of it right now, figuring everything yeah. out to know that there's kind of a little bit of a, like you said, like, ah, oh, okay. Got yeah. this. Aha moment. <laughs> Aha moment. Exactly. And so you kind of talk about the, you know, feeding transition where baby's going through growth spurt. So they might want to feed more. Are there any other transitions when it comes to breastfeeding or formula feeding, whatever, whatever you have or whatever you do in your family, any other kind of transitions in regards to feeding that we notice at the time breast milk or. Okay. So babies, you know, we might go through those growth spurts, which is good. We're wanting them as they get older, their tummy is getting bigger. They're going to want more quantity. So definitely during this, this time frame, you might see if you're bottle feeding, whether it be with breast milk or formula, oh, they're not content anymore with three ounces, or they're not content anywhere with four ounces. Because during that time frame, when they're hitting those growth spurts, their body's growing, their tummy is growing. So they might want more quantity. So this is definitely a time period where you might see where you're having to um, increase the quantity that you're giving. If you're, you know, bottle feeding with breastfeeding, again, you might see that these times, you know, they're doing a lot of cluster feeding. They're just, they're increasing, they're increasing that stimulation at the breast to tell your body to make more because they're needing more at, the, at this particular time frame. So usually those, I mean, if it's anything, it's just more them trying to tell you without being able to talk that, hey, I'm growing. I'm getting bigger. I need more quantity during this time. So usually you'll just see that they either want more frequent feedings, maybe the same quantity, but more frequently, or when you are feeding them, they want a larger quantity at that time. Okay, great. Another question we do see a lot in the Facebook group is about newborn acne, baby acne. What can I do for it? Is this okay? And so you talk about in the four to six week mark that a lot of that baby acne kinds of kind of goes away. Why is it typically disappearing around this time? And like, what can moms, you know, if they get into this, you know, four to six week mark and they still have that baby acne, is there something they can do for it or something you suggest? 
if you if we if we think about it, and it, it does make kind of sense. The baby's been living inside the uterus for nine months, where they've been living in water. They come out, the air dries out their skin. They're you know we're putting all different types of materials of clothing on them. Uh, they're rubbing against people that have oils and perfumes and lotions and different things like that. And their skin is very sensitive. They've never been exposed to all of these things before. So it is very normal for babies to have baby acne. Actually, if you sometimes they'll have it right from the beginning. I mean, we've had babies in the hospital that have it right from the beginning. Other times it actually, it can, you know, not show up for one to three months after they're born. Um, so, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily mean it has to happen right away. It can actually take longer to start presenting itself. It can get worse and then it'll get better and then it can get worse again. So, you know, it is normal. It's not uncommon. It's just their body getting used to scents and textures and different things against their skin. Moms, you might find that it is worse after they've been feeding or they've been laying against you because their, uh, their face is rubbing, their lips are rubbing against the breast tissue, things like that. So, you know, it is normal nothing really that you can do for it. You know, you're not going to want, some of them will come to like white little heads. You don't really want to pick at it. Some things that you can do to help it, you know, to prevent it from making it worse is I try to tell my moms, try not to wear any perfume, lotions, oils, anything up to the breast tissue. If you're breastfeeding, if you do have somebody that's a smoker in the house, have them change their shirt or put a blanket over their shirt. If they're feeding the baby or putting the baby up against them, just to prevent that contact. If you have other people that are kind of coming in again, grab a blanket, put a blanket between their clothing and the baby, uh, use a fragrance free type of detergent, uh, that will help when you guys are bathing the baby, uh, try just to use warm water to the face versus soap. And when you are using a soap, use like a baby soap, a gentle soap, uh, soap that is like a fragrance free, um, any of those types of things will be helpful to prevent it from getting worse per se, but there's not like ointments or products or anything like that, that you can use to help it get better. It's just more some environmental factors that you can kind of take out of the scenario to help prevent it from getting worse per se. So it can last for a couple of months. And like I said, it usually will naturally go away on its own. Um, you know, nothing really that you need to do to, to help it per se. And it's not something you have to go to the doctor for unless it's really significant or like maybe some some of them are getting infected or something like that. Like if it's like significantly worse than what you would typically maybe Google and see. But other than that, it's just, you know, unfortunately it doesn't look good and it tends to bother you more than it does the baby. So just, you know, they, those are one of those things that you kind of just have to go with the flow. It'll resolve. I promise. This podcast is sponsored by Mommy Knows Best. Are you looking for a lactation cookie that's not only effective, but tastes good? Mommy Knows Best offers an assortment of lactation cookies, brownies, and our newest ready-to-eat lactation cookies, perfect for our on-the-go moms. We offer six different flavors, including a dairy and gluten-free option. And let me tell you guys, you would not even know it's dairy and gluten-free unless someone told you. It's, it's so good. Mommy Knows Best empowers all moms with the tools and resources necessary to give your newborn the best start in life. With an assortment of lactation treats and supplements that contain all natural herbal remedies, traditionally and effectively used for generations to treat low milk supply. 
Whether you're a new mom or a pro, Mommy Knows Best gives you plenty of options, all of which are created with the health and safety of both baby and mom in mind. Right now, Mommy Knows Best is offering 20% off when you use the code MOMTALKS at mommyknowsbest.com. That's M-O-M-T-A-L-K-S for 20% off. All right. Awesome. That's great tips. Cause yeah, we, we see questions about it all the time. And so I did reach out to our Instagram audience about moms that were about to be in this period or were in this period and what questions they had. So one I have is, is there anything different that I should be doing for my supply during this time? Babies, again, we're starting to kind of come into this time frame where their tummies are starting to grow. They're going to start to hit growth spurts. So naturally by them stimulating, stimulating the frequent, you know, they're going to stimulate more frequently. Naturally, your supply will start to go up. Nothing really that you need to do as far as that goes, unless you're starting to see a dip for any reason. A lot of times during this phase, like I said, you guys are going to the OB, you're kind of getting released to go back to doing your normal thing. If moms were very very active. They were going to the gym. They were exercising. They've started to get this clear that they can do that. So one of the things that I see is as you become more active, maybe you start going to the gym, you start to work out, you can see a fluctuation in your milk. Okay. So one of the questions I know that we had on today's thing was calories with breastfeeding and feeding. So if you are one of those people that you are active, you like to run, you like to exercise, you like to go to the Jim, this is definitely not a time to be dieting per se. Naturally, if you feel better by exercising, perfect, by all means do that. But it is not a time to actually be limiting your calories. We want to actually be increasing those calories. So if you're keeping your diet at the same, but you're actually exercising, you're burning those calories. So in return, your milk supply can start to decrease. So we just want to make sure that you moms that are active, that, you know, we, you really want to have at, you know, minimal of 1800 calories a day. Um, and then if you're exercising, you're definitely eating way more than that to kind of compensate for those calories that you're burning when you're exercising. And again, most moms are not really exercising to lose weight. They're exercising because they enjoy it. That's part of their daily routine and that's fine. We just have to make sure that you're compensating with your calories. So I usually will tell moms, you know, definitely nothing less than 1800 calories. If you're kind of, keeping track of what you're eating, but also go by your body. If you are hungry, your body's telling you you're hungry, then that's your body's way of telling you that you actually need more calories. So you need to be increasing your calories. So other than that, that's really, you know, if moms, if you're starting to see a dip in milk supply during this time, you know, you can go through some things to help kind of increase milk production. Uh, But if the baby's feeding, the baby's feeding like they have been, they're hitting those growth spurts, they're naturally going to be increasing your milk production. The one thing that, like I said, I typically see is these moms just start to get to be more active. They want to go back to their daily routine. So they're actually burning calories, which will decrease. One other thing is that we typically see maybe around this time frame, maybe a little bit older, is if babies, and we talked a little bit about this in our lip and tongue tie interview, if babies didn't show any symptoms of having any oral issues in the beginning, a lot of time we start to see it around this time. The reason being is because mom's milk production starts to regulate around this time. So if I've had a mom who's had a huge milk production, her milk production could actually be compensating for baby's weaknesses. So once milk production starts to regulate, 
Now we start to see those oral issues because the baby's no longer getting the quantity of milk that they want or maybe that they need because now they're not able to physically get it out of the breast. So all of a sudden around this time frame, if things start to go downhill, baby's eating very frequently, they don't seem content, maybe they're starting to do some breast refusal, definitely make sure that you reach out because that's kind of like an aha moment too. If you didn't see a lactation consultant, maybe in the beginning, and you didn't really realize there was any oral issues, this is where they would start to present themselves if we didn't catch it early on. All right. Awesome. That's great about, yeah, that's, that's perfect. And the answer is the question. Great. So this last question also comes from Instagram. And if I start spotting for a week at this time and I'm exclusively breastfeeding, does that mean my period will start soon regularly? Not really. So it is normal. And usually when you go through your postpartum discharge teaching at the hospital, they should talk to you guys about this. Naturally, it is normal to have bleeding up to four to six weeks just from delivery itself. It's just your body cleaning out uh, the uterus and getting all of that extra remains out and going through the healing process. So you could bleed after delivery, stop, start bleeding again. All of that is very normal within that six week timeframe. So if you're having it anytime between delivery and that six weeks, when you go to see your obstetrician, normal. That's just usually normal retained stuff from pregnancy. Okay. After that is when you usually, if you get anything after that, that would usually indicate menstrual cycles. Now, not everybody gets one when they're breastfeeding. Um, I have four kids. All of mine were completely different. So there are people that get it pretty regularly right after um, that time frame. That doesn't mean that they're not producing enough milk or the baby's not feeding well, it's just their body. And then other people that don't get it the entire time. I had both scenarios didn't make any, you know, difference. I mean, feeding wise, they were all the same. It's just everybody's body is different. Every baby is different. You guys might see though, that when you start your menstrual cycle, that your supply does decrease during this time. And that's just because of the hormone fluctuations. So making sure that you're taking care of yourself, making sure that you're eating and you're drinking plenty of fluids to kind of help compensate during this dip. Awesome. Yeah, that's perfect because a couple of different times I thought of like follow-up questions I was going to ask and you're like, went right into it. So that was perfect. Just because, you know, we get a lot of questions about, you know, supply dropping when they get their period. So I know we've posted about that a few different times um, because we, you know, people see that a lot. And then also if, you know, you know, it's interesting because people also will ask about breastfeeding if that prolongs, you know, the time without their period too. And so that's interesting that you say it's, it's different. It can depend on yep. your number of kids. Your, you know, each person is different too. That's one of the big things. If I can get across anything when I do these videos is breastfeeding, breast milk production. It's not black and white. There's a huge gray area, which is why you see so much conflicting information online. Every baby is different. Every mom is different. Your body is different. So you're going to have, that's why you have so many conflicting answers when you guys reach out and have questions, because it's not necessarily the same for everybody. There might be one product that really particularly helps a mom increase 
raise milk production. And then a mother mom could take tons of different things and nothing ever helps. So it's really your body's response to things. And each baby that you have is very different. You know, moms will say, well, totally didn't happen with baby number two, but baby number three, we did this. So it's one of those things that you just have to kind of go with the flow. And it's very frustrating because I don't know, I think a lot of moms are type A personalities. So we want like, you know, exact instructions, you know, okay, well, if I'm going from one in order to get to three, we got to get to two. And it's not like that with breastfeeding and breast milk production. So it's hard for us to kind of uh, let go and be a little bit more laid back when it comes to this. And definitely, you know, just know that you are going to see multiple scenarios when you are searching it or you're watching videos or you're asking questions, you can try different things and just see kind of what works for you. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's such a great point that you just brought up. And we, I know we kind of touched on it last week, but about, you know, being careful about what questions you're putting out in a, just a random, you know, in a Facebook group or posting to your personal Facebook because everyone is different. So take everything with a grain of salt and just be like, okay, this worked for so-and-so, but it might not work for me. That doesn't mean it doesn't work for anybody or I shouldn't do this because it didn't work for them. You know, it's just going to be different for everybody. Um, well, and if it didn't work for one of your children, try it again because your body could have a totally different response the next time. Yeah, definitely. Yes. And then also making sure where you guys are getting your information from is, you know, someone that's in the area, in the medical field, if it's a medical question, if it's a breastfeeding question, a board certified lactation consultant, there's just different, there's so many ways you can get information these days. And people are so quick to just spread things that they don't necessarily know where it comes from. So definitely important to pay attention to that. So I love that you brought that up. Awesome. Well, I think this was a really awesome topic to cover because I think a lot of moms are, especially that, you know, in that kind of stage where, you know, like we said earlier, they might be in the thick of it and don't really know what's to come. So I like that we're doing these segments to kind of um, share some encouragement, kind of know what they can loosely look forward to or look, you know, look ahead of, because of course, as we mentioned, everyone's different. So, um, you know, there's no black and white of everyone. So awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming back on this month. Thank you for having me. Awesome. And, and guys, as a reminder, Kristen's episodes are the last Monday of every month and we um, always change the segments. So just, you know, stick around and we'll, you know, we'll have a new episode for you every next month as well. Thank you, Krista, for having me. Yes. Oh, and then do you want to, for anyone that has not been following, um, say again, where they can find you and where your, all your information, everything. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Kristen Sarando. I'm out of Orlando, Florida, and my website is uh, orlandolactation.com. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks so much. All right, you guys take care. Thanks for listening to the mom talks with Krista podcast. For more information about this show, past shows, or to check out our YouTube channel, please see our show notes. If you loved the show, please share it with your mom tribe. The bigger, the better. Thanks for listening and have a great day.